Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. <laughs> Football. Is it a good move to cut Riley Reef? That is what we are going to start this episode talking about. It hasn't officially happened as of the time of this recording of Purple Daily, but... Stick with us here. We're going to talk about it. Sounds like it's imminent. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and we are powered in part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is here to help business owners across the state of Minnesota and even beyond. They've been around for over 100 years, and when you are a business and you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. So business owners, visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. (laughs) All right, Judd Zolgad. So word is... Well, twofold. Number one, uh, they didn't necessarily need the cap space to sign Unique Ngakwe, but they're pressed up against the cap. And so the Vikings have reportedly asked Riley Reef, starting left tackle, to take a pay cut of some kind, some sort of restructure. We don't know if that means just a straight cut or if it's going to be smoothing out into next year. And if he doesn't do so, they are threatening to just cut him from the roster. Brian O'Neill was working out at left tackle earlier this week. And uh, Rashad Hill would, according to multiple reports, take over at right tackle. He's okay, according to Pro Football Focus, in pass protection, but kind of a train wreck in run blocking, and the eye test would confirm that. So let's just start with Riley Reef is, is is bracing to be cut. They're, they're dangling a restructure over his head. Um, what do you make of this? Do you think this is a wise move? All right. There's two parts to this because I will stand by. I love the trade that the Vikings made on Sunday. I think if you have a chance to get an elite pass rushing right end, you pounce. Okay. So I think that the trade for Ngakwe is a very, very savvy, smart trade. And it probably came up late, but that's fine. I hate part two of, of this. Um, so it sounds like Reef was telling teammates reportedly as of yesterday, that he was going to be cut, which means the Vikings went to him probably somewhat haughty and said, restructure, thinking that he would say, oh, sure, okay, no problem. The team improved. Um, If he's telling teammates he's going to be cut, he probably said no. All right. So It's kind of funny how that works in the NFL. Yeah, but here's what I don't like about it. The offensive line, and it's not not just this, Phil. It's the Vikings – 
Lifetime Achievement Award towards this position. This position always seems to be like the stepchild of the Vikings. When there's a place to be like, do we really care about this? It's the offensive line. And yet it seems like on Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, um, all shows that we've ever done, we have had numerous conversations about the Vikings' lack of attention to detail at times on the offensive line has been detrimental, and I believe it has been. Now, you're going to ask me a very good question, because you're going to say, okay, Judd, where does the cut come from? Because if you're going to restructure or cut guys, there are only X amount of guys that you can go after and get what the Vikings probably deem to be sufficient cap room. My first thought to you on yesterday's show was, well, Kyle Rudolph, right? You just go to Kyle Rudolph. Yes. But you can't really do that in 2020. No, because if he calls your bluff and you cut him, you save nothing. Basically, uh, his contract that his agent did um, in 2020 is very savvy. It's basically cut proof. It's cut proof for this year. Yes, it won't be after. But the point is he he saved himself because he is, I think, the obvious guy. Yeah. That That's the most, hey, Irv Smith Jr. has proven to be really good. Kyle, you're a good player and we could use you. But if it comes down to... Rudolph and my left tackle, I'm going to cut my tight end first. So anyway, this gets a, to me to be a much more in-depth, interesting conversation about choices in life, all right? And the choice here is this. If you think that a trade for a defensive end might come up, or you just have a positional value um, chart in your head about, okay, who would I like to pay? Who would I like to pay, but I probably can't afford to pay? Anthony Harris can't be on this team. Like, you're paying Harrison Smith a lot, and he deserves it. And Harris is a very good player. But look at that franchise tag. And, and this, what frustrates me about Zim is he's the head coach of this team, but at times he operates like he is the defensive head coach of said team. And this is about choices. And this is about, this is not about, well, we, we were surprised to get Ngakwe, and it just came up. This is about choices that you make in March about roster construction and where things might go. And by the way, the offensive line is really important. And and Brian O'Neill might long-term, if he gets switched to left tackle, be ultimately fine. But I don't think it's fair to him. I will defend him. I don't think it's fair to him two weeks before you're going to play the Green Bay Packers, who, by the way, last I checked, can rush the quarterback. I don't think it's fair to say we're moving you to a position that he hasn't played since college. And so so this, to me, is not a, a micro-conversation about one move and the result of that move. It's a macro-conversation about choices that you make, roster construction-wise, and being prepared to take on players when that opportunity comes by having the flexibility to do so. And, and so, so you didn't go out to the steakhouse in March because you saved it till now. So all right, there is a lot to unpack here, and I I don't agree with everything you're saying. I mean, I think you didn't you didn't know that Ngakwe was going to be available. I mean, at at a reasonable price, you didn't know that the asking price was going to come down to a second round pick, and that and that you would win the bidding on him basically two weeks before the season starts. Um, and so therefore, like, but when when you found out that Ngakwe was available, you had already made your bed with Anthony Harris. You can't now go back and cut him. Really. The only there's only a few guys just to go back to the who could you have cut or or approached about a restructure. Riley Reef is one of them because if they cut Riley Reef, they save eight and a half million dollars to the salary cap. So that's the biggest savings. 
Um, it gives them room to add a player if they need to. Uh, it just gives them some breathing room here this year. It, it also gives them, if they if they want, I guess, if they want to sign Dalvin Cook to an extension, I'm guessing they could roll some of that money into 2020. They wouldn't be able to right now. The other two guys on here with a wide gap between what their cap hit is and what the dead cap money would be, Harrison Smith, you'd, have, you'd actually save like $8.5, 9000000 million by cutting Harrison Smith. That would be a terrible decision. He's a Hall of Fame caliber player, uh, so that would be stupid. But here's another one. According to Spotrack.com, Pat Elfline's cap hit is $2.4 million for 2020. Yep. You would actually save almost all of that by cutting him, unless I'm reading wrong information here. Nope, you're right. His dead cap is only $234,000. You would save $2 million. Yes. Now, now are they looking to save more than $2 million? Probably, because if the decision is, do you cut your left tackle, or do you cut the guard that you're probably going to move away in four weeks anyways for a, for somebody else? Yes. So to me, this says... They probably thought about Elfline because he's the worst player between the two and and he's the least consequential player between the two. But they probably want to save more like $5 million or something. And the only two guys on your roster right now, according to Spotrack.com, that you can approach are Harrison Smith and Riley Reef. If it's between those two guys, it's Riley Reef. Now, what you're saying is, right, that's the snapshot now. But if right. you go back to March, the decisions you make or going back to last year, Anthony Barr is your fourth biggest cap hit on the roster right now. Correct. Is that how it should be? Um, you know, uh, Anthony Harris is your sixth biggest cap hit on the roster. Do you need to be paying two safeties $21.5, 22000000 dollars? And by the way, the cap probably and, not. And we said, and we both, I think, agreed. As good of player as Harris is, we both agreed. I believe when they put the cap or the uh, franchise take on him, that that was a lot to invest into players. Because things do arise. Like the Vikings are trying. So the don't, Viking, bring, don't bring up Arise's name again. I went off on a rant on Mackie and Judd that I don't want to have to recreate. Just turn the triple play, dude. Hold on. Don't I'm freaking. What? What? Huh? <laughs> Just don't huh? What? What's going on here? So so opportunities, I'll uh, rephrase, do present themselves. And this is why you have to be prepared for that. But it just, it again feels to me, as much as I love the fact that the Vikings now could have, um, for 2020 at least, bookend defensive ends who could get after the quarterback and do a great job. This feels to me like like the coach is the coach wants everything possible, and then he basically turns and says, Gary, you fix yeah. this. And and look, I mean, we've had, we've had too many conversations through the years on these shows about this position group. And... I think that you could make a case that in all of pro sports, the most important continuity position group is offensive line. Yeah. I'm talking all sports because it's the one thing where where everyone has to trust the guy to his right and or left. And now you're just going to jumble that. I I don't. I hate the idea of basically thinking Gary can fix this. And and. Again, it's not Gary's fault, and it's not Brian O'Neill's fault. I think it's not fair to both of, of them to say, in a month it's going to be fine. And one more thing, and this is where I don't understand how Rick doesn't tell Mike <laughs> to jump off a bridge. <laughs> if this was Russell Wilson, okay, I think we would all sit here and say— If, the, if Kirk Cousins yes, was Russell Wilson? Yes, if Russell Wilson was the Viking uh, QB. I think we would all sit here and say, well, it's not ideal, but it's Russell. And that guy can scramble and find receivers, and and he can make chicken salad out of chicken bleep, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Kirk Cousins can talk all he wants about, I'm going to be more athletic this year, I'm going to scramble more, I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. You know, um, He can't. And it's not his fault, he just can't. And so now I'm going to ask a guy who has not played left tackle in three or four years uh, for at least a month to guard Kirk Cousins' blind side and roll the dice? Yeah. Does that seem like a good idea? Well, a couple things. Let's let's get into this, you know, because there's two different paths here, and we'll and we'll keep going down both of them. One is the just like the roster makeup and what you allocate your limited amount of salary cap money to. I've got some ideas going forward that I want to throw at you, but but since you've gone down this path of the offensive line has always just been a revolving door here. Like, when's the last time you felt really good for multiple years about the Vikings line? It's I, not recently. Every year, it's like. All right, um, no idea who the guards are. Going to draft a rookie center over here. All right, Riley Reef is league average, but he's available for a lot of money in free agency. It's like it's always unsettled. And now they're un- it was already unsettled before potentially cutting Riley Reef because you, you really have no idea about both of your starting guards. And your starting center was mostly a disaster for much of the— I, th- I think Garrett Bradbury takes a step forward. But as of right now, all three of your interior offensive line spots are question marks. And so now you've just added not only a fourth question mark, but you've turned Brian O'Neill into a question mark by moving him from the position that he's been dominant at. Dominant might be a little strong, that he's been very good at, at right tackle. Now, I think Brian O'Neill is talented. I think he's athletic. I think he fits the system great. And the fact that he's played left tackle, at least in college, you know, gives him a head start to some extent. You're throwing him into the fire in the NFL for the first time. But let's let's assume that Brian O'Neill does figure out how to tread water and be an effective left tackle. That's great, and it probably presents a long-term solution at that position that you've lacked for a number of years. So that's great. The problem there is you still have four question marks. Rashad Hill is mostly just like a rotational backup tackle. He's good in pass protection. According to Pro Football Focus, and, and multiple reports, by the way, saying that he is going to take over if this cut happens of Riley Reef that he will take over at right tackle. Rashad Hill in his career, he's been in the NFL now for four years, all right, all four years uh, with the Vikings, and he has been well below average in the run-blocking game in all four of those years. And last year, so this is a 1-100 to scale, anything below 70 is like, eh, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. He was 48.8 on a 1-100 to scale run-blocking last year. Whoa. He's been pretty good in the pass-blocking game, and last year... In his uh, let's see here, 172 total snaps. He was he was a 79.5 in the pass blocking, so that's good. But are you like how are you going to justify running the ball to the right side of the offensive line at all this season if Rashad Hill is well, your starting right tackle? There's a lot of questions. That's marks. a great that's a great point because in and my question comes back to: Is it fair to keep saying Gary will fix it? Gary's scheme will fix it, and I just don't understand. Like, when are we going to see the day that a priority is put on a position group that we know is extremely important? If this is the first time that they had pulled a stunt like this, I would say, it seems a little bit odd, but you know what? The continuity has been really good. They sort of know what they're doing here. And there's a and Ezra Cleveland had a full offseason to, to yeah, slide exactly in and be right. but, but, but he didn't. Right. But also, also, answer me this. We had discussions, again, on this show in the spring, about Reef's contract, and would it be smart to cut him to create more cap space potentially? And I believe we talked about options then at left tackle. And, and I think uh, post-draft we thought it was Cleveland. But let's say the Vikings all along were like, no, O'Neal, and, and it's, it has been out there before, I don't think from us. But 
Let's say the Vikings all along were, were like, you know what? We think that Brian could transition from the right to left side. Why wouldn't you have done this in the spring? Like, create the opportunity. Like, if this is where you're going to land in week one, wouldn't it have made sense to land here in May and tell, tell O'Neal, hey, the opportunity is going to pre- present itself from day one of training camp. You know, we don't know at that point what it's yeah. going to look like. But from day one of training camp, that opportunity is going to present itself for you. You are now a left tackle. Yeah. Instead, it, it seems very hurried and like last second. Oh, oh my God, we got this new guy, so let's just throw you. That's yeah. what I don't like. Now, on the flip side, it's possible that they are saying, with Rick Spielman <laughs> in the way. All right. Remember, guys, 2020 is a weird year, and it's, it's a transition year for us. It's not that we're not trying to win. It's that... The, 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 some of the veterans had to go, Linval Joseph had to go, and there just has to be some reshuffling of resources, and that process is going to take into 2021. Right. And so let's start with the things that are the most important. An offensive line is one of those, but right now we have a chance to add a second elite top-end pass rusher. Let's start with those two pillars. Let's make sure that Eric Kendricks is taken care of on the second level. Let's make sure that we draft a couple of cornerbacks that we like to get that position moving forward again. Mm-hmm. And then we will worry about officially fixing the offensive line for the long haul. <laughs> That's the only way this makes sense. And it, like adding the second pass rusher makes total sense. So I, I commend them. I commend them for that. But if this isn't followed up by spending like three of your first four picks in the 2021 draft on offensive linemen, including a first rounder. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's really the, it's the only position right now that you either don't have solidified or you haven't addressed high in the draft with multiple picks because they did that with cornerback. I know they drafted Bradbury a year ago, but you Cleveland, have... Cleveland, what, second round this year? And O'Neal I, was and a I second mean, rounder in his... I'm talking multiple picks. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking like like three picks nope. over your first four. Gotcha. And just nope, you're right. hoping that two pan out. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's like they take little shots at offensive line, but they mostly lean on the fifth, you, sixth, and seventh rounds do, do for, you, for like bulk. Do you think, too, that, and both these guys obviously just got contract extensions between Spielman and Zimmer, do you think we're talking about guys that also have just separate agendas as far as what they see as solutions? Because Between what, Spielman because, and well, yeah, Zimmer? Because let's say that your Spielman theory is right. And he's saying, yeah, sort of a weird year. Pierce opted out, but and we've got some talent here, but we can develop, but Mike can develop the cornerbacks in 2020 because there's a lot of things about 21 that look really good. Um, but then I would go to this. The sour cap's going to go down. Like, it's going to go down. I don't know how low, but it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I believe the floor that we talked about yesterday was $175 million. But let's say it's 178 or 180 but it's gone down, okay? You know for a fact Harris is going to be gone. Cook, unless they do something, is likely going to be gone. And more specifically, um, if you pay the new guy at right end what he's probably going to demand, Daniil Hunter has to get a significant raise too. Which means that one of those guys could either be gone or Hunter could hold out. My point being is it feels like defensively Zim has said, screw this, I I want to win in 2020 and Rick is sort of like, well, yeah, yeah, that's possible, but here are the logistics of the path, which are going to make it, you know, tough at times. So it just feels to me like Mike always wants what Mike always wants right now. And hey, it's sexy and fun. Yeah. I, I, I mean, th- this trade is fun. So I'm not trying to disparage it. 
Uh, but he also got his safety back, and now he's got two safeties, and he's sure that he can develop the cornerbacks. I just don't know that Mike's reactiveness at times leads me down a path that I wonder if anyone ever does take him aside and says, yeah, you know, we can afford to get that defensive end, but we need to have thought about this beforehand. Yeah, I mean, Mike always leans toward defense. He does. So he he does need someone to check him. You know that, And that's where Rick Spielman has checked him, at least going into this year. He checked him on Linval Joseph. I don't know if he had to check him on Xavier Rhodes. I think they both probably agreed on that one. <laughs> I, like, do, all right. I think they both checked out on Xavier Rhodes. It's been a good run. And Trey there. Wayne's got paid too much, too. Yep. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander and that whole story that's happening in, in Cincinnati. So he definitely had to check him on some defensive players. So I actually have a list in front of me right now. Let's, let's go through this exercise here, right, on behalf of Rick Spielman. <laughs> So according to Spotrack.com, which tracks salaries and dead cap, over the cap does a good job with this too, the Vikings have $190.1 million tied up in 2021 in active contracts before cuts. Okay. Before cuts. Sure. The projected salary cap, and they're just, this is just their thought, it's kind of what we talked about, is $175 million. Okay. So you have to free up. And I don't know if if the NFL is going to have some sort of if the cap has to come down by like twenty five million because of COVID financial losses. I don't know if that means that there's going to be a soft cap of some sort. No, or, I think or, they prepare teams. They're just going to tell teams I think like, you got to get below one seventy five. I mean, teams teams know right now that that there is a distinct possibility that twenty one cap is going to be one seventy five. And so with that, good luck being a free agent next year. You ain't going to get the big contract that mm-hmm. you were hoping for, but. They would have to cut fifteen million just to get to the cap, and then however much additional money if they wanted to add, let's say, an offensive lineman in free agency. If if they went in next year and said, "All right, we need we need a top offensive lineman in free agency. We need a first and a third round pick or something." Right? Okay. Here are the players that you could save the most money if you cut. Anthony Barr, you could save eight million dollars to the salary cap. He makes fifteen point five to the cap next year, but you could save eight million to the cap by cutting him. Okay, it sounds like a great. You'd have to eat seven point eight, but you could, but you could save some. Would I do it? I'd probably wait a year on that, or try to. Trade That's him. a lot to eat. Do I think the coach would? Absolutely not. And I and I can't sit here and tell you that I think if the coach said he's staying, that he's not staying. Yeah. So I think he's staying. I think he's staying for at least another year, for sure. I by by another year, I mean I think he stays through two thousand twenty one. So he'll be here for two more seasons, and then sure. we'll see. Adam Thielen in 2021, his cap hit is 13.5 million. You could save eight million dollars if you cut him. He's going nowhere. He'll be here until he retires. Yes, as he, as he probably should. They're not going to cut him. Rounds. Yeah, uh, Eric Hendricks, you could save five and a half. Not going anywhere. Oh, that makes sense. He's really good. Zim will not allow it over <laughs> Zim's dead body. Harrison Smith, it appears he has no more guaranteed money after 2020. He's going to want a new contract. <laughs> He's going to try and get a new contract. Set to make $10.2 million to the cap. I mean, he's still incredibly productive, right? So, Could you lower the cap hit and get him more guaranteed money or something? My, my guess is yes, that, that, he would do, that he would do a team-friendly deal for, more, for guaranteed money. So he's the first so one that— So you restructure, redo him. You're not saving a lot. No, he's still very good, too. Riley Reef, by the way, is on this list, and you have to think ahead to 2021 That's when you're doing this exercise. what we were trying to do in June, yep. Phil. And so— You'd be saving just under $12 million by cutting Riley Reese. Well, he's so that's gone the for next one. year, and now it looks like he's gone for yep. this year. So you cut him, you're still over the, you're still like four or five million over yep. the cap. Yes. So keep that in mind. Yep. Kyle Rudolph, $9.4 million to the cap. You would save $5 million oh, by cutting him. He's history. 
So that so you can't Reef, afford to keep him. Reef and Rudolph off of next year's roster gets you at least under the one seventy five mark. Yes, but it doesn't get you additional free agents in March. Okay, so let's keep going here. Michael Pierce, that's rolling over. Shamar Stefan, you could save three and a half million. I could see him being gone because his, his cap hit is five million. You could save three and a half. He's yeah. probably gone. Yes. Uh, D- Dan Bailey, you could actually save. Almost $2 million. Go find a different kicker. It's the Vikings, man. I'm sure they'll draft one for cheap and they'll miss three <laughs> key field goals. I yeah, know. It's tough. Everybody else, it's He'll like gone, you're yeah. nickel and diming like a million here, a couple million there. So your chance, if the cap is $175 million for next year, you have to get rid of Reef. You have to get rid of Rudolph. Yep. You have to restructure Smith. And there's a couple things you can nickel and dime for, but there's almost no way you're going to be able to clear like $15 million and- for... A big free agent. And th- this is with um, Dalvin Cook and Anthony Harris walking. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. That, I'm sorry. Uh, yep, you're right. That's with those guys not That's on with here. them just off the list it entirely doesn't count because those guys not, they don't have contracts. So, for what, so Dalvin Cook. Mm. Oh, he's gone. He's, he's got to be gone. At this rate, unless, unless they do what you just said, which is take some of the cash that they're going to save on the Reef contract, um, he'll be gone. Like everything... Unless it changes abruptly, everything they're doing to me points towards sorry, dude. He's which, got, which he, I will defend. I will continue to defend that he's got to be gone. I don't pay him. And here's the thing: I like, like him. There's no one. There's let's say the Vikings offered him ten million a year, and we don't know what they offered him, but there's an impasse somewhere. Yep. Let's say they offered him ten million a year, and he wants twelve or thirteen because that's what the top six Can't running backs are getting. Right? Is there a team going into next year's cap situation that will even give him ten? Probably not. No one's going to have the money. Well, and and again, that position. Like, if you have needs, right, are you going to pay a running back going into a year with a um, descending salary cap for the first time in how long? Are you are you going to say, let's make our big investment in a running back? Yeah. No. Now, now, the salary cap is a myth, and guys like Rob Brzezinski prove it every single year by just doing the magic hat game and moving money around. Well, yeah, but you got to so. make decisions. And <laughs> Reef, I, look, the, the Reef... Move is a move that shows you that that guys like Brzezinski are geniuses and they're really good, but they will tell you there comes a point in time where they go to their bosses and say, "Sorry, you got to do something here. Like I can't, I can't change this." Yeah. So just to, just one last thing here, all right? Just because this is this has been a good exercise. The Vikings have made the decision that twenty five year old Unique Ngakwe is more important to the next. Let, let's say because I think they're going to sign him to an extension. And by the way, I don't think he's on this list. So you'd have to find room for him, too, if you want to sign him to an extension. Which means you're going to have to find <laughs> find room for a Hunter um, redone, yeah. reworked contract. And now some of this, like, the cap is going to go back up after this year. So some of this, you're just going to have to, Rob Brzezinski is just going to have to say, all right, we're going to, we're going to push this money into 22-23, and, and he's great at that. But the Vikings have essentially made the decision, assuming that he signs a long-term extension, that Unique Ngakwe is more important over the next three years than having Delvin Cook... Anthony Harris, probably Kyle Rudolph, which is not really a question, and Riley Reef, mm-hmm. and I am fine with that. And you figure out the rest later. I, but but if it was between Ngakwe and Delvin Cook, Ngakwe, I think Declan, I, I, th- I think I go Ngakwe. Yeah, I think I have to. I mean, it's like you're it's, the most del- pro Delvin Cook. I'm guy pretty in this pro room. Delvin. Um, I just I don't see how they can fit it all in now. If you got Ngakwe and you have two elite pass rushers on both sides here, and I, I just now I don't understand how the pieces puzzle. But, I, don't, I don't know how it works. Oh, another thing you could probably do is just say goodbye to Kirk Cousins after 2021 and draft uh, a rookie quarterback or something. There you but, go. But when are you going to take the offensive line seriously consistently? 
I have the numbers here. So they drafted 35 players over the last three years, okay. right? Eight offensive linemen. And the, the offensive line, you know, five starters, 11 guys on offense makes up almost 50% of your starting uh, total of players and about, let's say, 24% of your, whatever the percentage is, of your overall 22 starting players. Um, is drafting eight offensive linemen out of 35 players enough for you? I don't think it is. I actually don't think it is. No, because of look at the draft positions as well, though. They take the philosophy, or they have previously taken the philosophy that they can get creative and cute there. And that's why they've been panicked now. And, I mean, look, the fact that they were forced in their minds to take Garrett Bradbury, a center, in the first round shows you the level of panic because of past inefficiencies in acknowledging that position. Like, look, you take left tackle, Khalil was a complete bust, but he was really good for one year, and their heart was in the right place. They did the right thing there, right? Mm -hmm. When you have to take Bradbury, a center, in the first round, you were panicked. You are panicked because you didn't didn't address the position group like you should have to the the, uh, statistics that you just gave out, Phil, previously. Yeah, I don't, know if, I don't know if I'd use the word panic. I just I think it's astute. I think I sometimes I think center gets lost in the shuffle of important positions because we think quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher, cornerback, and then you kind of go from there. And I would actually put center not up on the same level as quarterback and left tackle, but like your center is usually the captain of your offensive line. Mm-hmm. And think about if you have an immobile quarterback like the Vikings do. It's even more important to not allow pressure up the middle, like you saw in that San Francisco yeah. playoff game. Yeah. So if your if your interior offensive line, led by your center, is getting trucked ten times a game, if you don't have Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson, you're screwed. Unfor- he can't flush out of the pocket. Unfortunately, I, I was so panicked that I had to draft a, a guy who, when I saw him play in Green Bay, was thrown into the third row at Lambeau Field <laughs> because he was so small still. So I guess the summary of this episode is, but I love the trade. Are, I just don't. Are, I don't want to dump on. Right. I love the trade. We're, like, we love the trade, but you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and we're sick of robbing Peter. Peter being the offensive line. Stop robbing Peter, Vikings. I like Paul though. Paul's great. Paul's great. Paul's the Paul's the man. <laughs> Paul gets a ton of pressure on quarterbacks. Yeah, it's it's Peter that needs help. So stop robbing and Peter. You're to always pay Paul. robbing him. Yeah, you're right. You're always <laughs> oh, robbing him. Man. So thanks for hanging out with us on this episode of Purple Daily. Less than two weeks to go until the start of the regular season. We'll see you next time. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.